Hello, welcome to Transatlantic, a conversation about trans topics for two people from across the pond. My name is Kat and I am British. My name is Luxander and I am definitely American. I can hear the accent in your voice. It's strange. It's like Canadian, but weirder. (laughs) Canadian, (laughs) but weirder? Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Um, Yeah, all right. (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> that's how we're, that's how we're starting. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an excellent segue. Okay. Thank you very much, Caitlyn Jenner. So, why are we talking about Caitlyn Jenner? Well, I want to talk. We want to, this week. We're going to talk about visibility and the visibility with trans people and the trans community and how we come across and role models and stuff like that. And unfortunately, in some eyes, like mine, Caitlyn Jenner is basically the face of the trans community in the west right now pretty much um i say unfortunately for a couple of reasons partially because um she's endorsed some horrible candidates in the u.s and tried to get um lgbt people to trust them and that's pretty terrible and there's a couple of other reasons as well that i won't go into that are a bit more finicky and nitpicky but uh, yeah, so right now, the face of the trans community appears to be a rich white woman who is a Republican and basically stands against most of the values that trans people have to hold to to survive. And I was wondering what you thought about that. Well, uh, yeah, definitely. I agree that, uh, well, I, I personally think that Caitlyn Jenner is problematic in a number of ways. Uh, and I, I, I think that she is... In, in many ways, in America especially, the sort of face of the trans community, but she's not the voice of the trans community. And that's something that I think is an important, like, difference. Um, people like Laverne Cox are the voice of the community. Like, that's the other... I, I would say, like, the two main transgender people who are popular or, like, celebrity status with the media is like Caitlyn Jenner and Laverne Cox and like to a smaller extent people like Janet Mock because I think she has her own show now um so that's three trans women two of them are trans women of color which is I which is great obviously because there up until now has been like almost no representation of those views and I I uh, excuse me I especially appreciate Laverne's approach which is very like let's focus on people's actual lived experiences so yeah while Caitlyn Jenner is like the face of what like the first thing people think about when you say something about trans people but Laverne Cox is doing a very good job of actually speaking out for the community yeah I would hope that people think more of Laverne Cox and Janet Mark when they think about trans people but I do I do think I do see um the way that Caitlyn Jenner sort of came out and the sort of impression they gave like you know releasing the um, video where she was still presenting as Bruce, um, like while she was still transitioning. So it sort of looks to the public like the classic perception of trans people that they have in their heads, which is totally not true. Where you go in one door, you get one surgery and you come out and suddenly you're a woman. And it's like, um, and it gives this false perception that all there is to trans people is an operation and there's nothing deeper than that. And so I, at the same time that's what's happening, you get people saying, oh, you can't just put on a dress and get a knife on you and be called and be call yourself a woman because that's not what that's not what happens and I feel like part of that uh, part of that, that is partially because of because of her even though it was that the view before 
Anderson Sullivan sort of plays against that. And thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, Janet Mock's done a lot of good. She's she's um, stood up to Pierce Morgan, which is always appreciated. Oh, yeah. And it's really nice. The one thing I will say about Caitlyn Jenner is that she's really taken the spotlight off what the main sort of face of the trans community were before, which were in porn. And I guess that's still the same case. It's a lot of the case in the um, FTN side, in the transmasculine side. Um, pretty much before Laverne, before um, Laverne Cox and Caitlyn Jenner and stuff actually started talking the last few years, um, a lot of people, if you were thinking about... Um, about trans people would think of Bailey J, who is, um, she's, I think I quite like her actually, but like it is kind of problematic to have the big face of trans people, trans women, um, being, especially being a porn star, even though there's obviously there's nothing wrong with being a porn star, but if that's your go-to face, it's going to, it's, it does set some sort of expectation with people. And especially with the, um, with her association with the term trap and sort of the whole porn leanings of, a lot of the phrasing that we still get to use today, a lot of the slurs that are used against trans people today, like uh, like she male and um, tranny and stuff, they they're all porn terms, and I feel like at least we're getting away from that. Is that is that yeah. like good? No, yeah, it makes <laughs> it makes sense what you're saying. Like not to play respectability pol- politics, um, but. It is true that as far as the media is concerned, like, or as far as the general populace is concerned, if, like, the main public figure representing this group of people is in porn, then you're not going to necessarily get, like, a good view of that person. Because, you know, people who are, like, overly, like, religious or overly puritanical will will basically be like, oh, well, absolutely nothing you say is valid or makes any sense or, like, you're just a sex object and also, like, everybody else who is the same thing as you has to be the same thing because you represent this whole group, right? Which actually leads me into how that exact thing is still happening for the FTM community or, or, or you know, the transmasculine community because... In the public eye, you do have people like Laverne Cox, who actively speaks uh, on trans issues. Like, Carmen Carrera, I know, is just a a model, but she also goes on TV and talks about it sometimes. Like, you've got these different people. Meanwhile, trans men, like, Chaz Bono is one of the first names that comes to mind, but when the fuck was the last time he was out in public or talking? Mm. Or, like, you know, where did he go? He's not a public figure for trans men. The, like, other major person that I can think of who is at that tier of influence would be Buck Angel, which is fucking annoying because Buck Angel, like, oh, God, I, I was like, he gets his own, he gets his own bullet point in my list. Um, oh, also, there's no representation of non-binary people, which, it, it, you know, I would say is like, oh, well, what, what can we hope for? Blah, but that that's... Yeah. Awful thinking. I shouldn't be thinking that. Um, I mean, uh, technically, Ruby Rose is like out as gender fluid, right? I th- okay, yeah, I guess I, I I know that name. That sounds familiar. Uh, so and Miley the, Cyrus the, might be yeah. sort of genderqueer too. 
Yeah, I feel the problem is with with both Rose and Cyrus is that people like if they no matter what they say, there's still people going like, "Oh, she's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen." Oh, yeah. I'm straight and I still have a crush on her. It's like she did say she was gender fluid. I mean, it's like it's sort of people that just think they're just like it's an, it's a term of gender expression rather than identity. Yeah, which yeah, that is a problem. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, and Buck Angel, yeah, Buck Angel Buck is Angel, basically yeah. the big face ha- still right I now. have a list, I have a list of all the different ways in which he is terrible, and basically to sum it up, he has been transmisogynistic, he has been sexist, he's been racist, he has been basically most of the things that a straight cis, or I, I will actually, I don't know, he, he, I guess he hasn't been homophobic, but he has said things like, <laughs> Uh, oh, you should just man up and uh, pay for your surgery yourself and not crowdfund it and shit like that. Yeah. Like, Buck Angel is problematic as fuck, and he's a sex worker, which, again, there's nothing wrong with being a porn star or a sex worker. It's legitimate, like, labor, but that's the that's that's the the representation that trans men have. That's it. Yeah, and I do, I do think, yeah, like, if, even if it wasn't, even if Buck Angel was, like, the nicest person in the world, the point is, if sex work was respected in society, like it fucking should be, this yeah. would be less of a problem. But we're already seen as, like, freaks and perverts by some people. And we need we need representation outside sex work, is what we need. We need voices that, like, diverse voices and voices that people, that um, fundamentalist Christians can't look at and say, look, this is why I won't let my child anywhere near any of this stuff. Um, I see a lot of this as well with... Um, People still using the term ladyboy and then just buying it by saying, well, the ladyboys of Bangkok, they're called ladyboys. And I just sort of go, well, there's a person you're talking about. Are they in the troop? Are they part of the organization, ladyboys of Bangkok? And they're like, no. It's like, well, you probably shouldn't call them a ladyboy then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to tie up that last bit there, um, we get reduced to our genitals enough already to like not have to have like a porn star be our representation and like how people think of us. Like they already think about our genitals and nothing else. So that's not, <laughs> you want that's not what you want. You're going to have a bad time. No. And there is a, and there is a high incidence of um, trans people, trans women, especially getting into sex work. Cause it's sort of the only, some of the only jobs you could get, especially like a couple of decades ago when there was like no acceptance of very little visibility. And we need people who are doing, who are, doing jobs that aren't sex work so they kind of i hate to say validate it but that's sort of what it is to show people show the world that we can be more than just prostitutes and i don't know it's a depressing thing to talk about but it's true i mean there's there's a lot of a lot of trans people going to prostitution like a lot of them don't want to but they sort of feel like they're forced to because you can't get a job anywhere else and yeah. if if the only people people are seeing on t on tv and stuff are trans people who are sex workers then Maybe that could, that's there's a possibility that could perpetuate that sort of myth that we're good for nothing else. Yeah, I I agree, and it is kind of an issue. It's an issue of people thinking that trans women like there's something wrong with trans women. So having trans women work at your company, like especially if you're interacting with customers, like a retail job or working at fast food, like if you're gonna have customer contact an employer is going to, like, balk at having someone who appears to be, like, assigned male at birth but wearing feminine attire. Like, they come up with these stupid reasons or whatever 
to get around that, but like it, it is hiring is a huge issue. There, it needs to be addressed with legislation, and it just hasn't been over here in the United States. So yeah, you have this, like, fucking basically fifty percent uh, unemployment rate um, among trans women, or maybe more specifically, it's trans women of color. I don't know. Anyway, it's ridiculous. So now, not so. I don't see so much. Uh, like, yes, there are people who still do sex work as in, like, being on the street or whatever, but I know a decent number of trans women who do cam girl work, which is also sex work. It's just a lot safer. Yeah, that's, you got a lot less chance of being, like, abused and stuff if you're in control of the situation. And it's 100% legal. Yeah. Oh, legality. That's what, that's what we need for the, sec, for the sex industry. Yeah, it's gonna but we need push it on my, a good Push model. my leftist agenda while we're here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, oh dear. I, I feel like while we're here, we should talk a little bit about the fact that there are still some people that just think about trans people as drag. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would, well, do yeah. you have anything in particular to say? Uh, yeah, but I know a lot of it's not, not so nice. I mean, like drag, drag's an art form. Lots of people like do really cool stuff with drag. I've got friends that do drag. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's a nice way of expressing yourself. Um, gender expression in all its forms is always welcome. But there are a lot of people that still seem to think that when they think of, a dra- of, a, of trans people, much less now that um, Caitlyn Jenner's a thing. So that's, another, that's a good thing she's done, I suppose. But they, yeah. they just think of drag queens. And when you see, like, on TV... Um, where they have transit, um, where they try and have a trans person on TV, usually for the butt of a joke, because that's usually what it's for. It'll be a drag queen, and they'll just act like that's oh, you're a woman now because you're wearing a dress, and that's it. And they kind of play it for laughs, and that's the dark side of a drag is the sort of laughing at the a man presenting as a woman, or the other way around. Um, whereas what it should be, and what it has historically been, is is a method of gender expression, and a lot of trans women have sort of hid behind the guise of drag to sort of be able to express themselves and sort of lessen the dysphoria without having to, without like transitioning medically and going through all of that horrible, horrible stuff. They can still at the end of the day, take their wig off and take their makeup off and be a man again and be treated normally. Um, What the big problem here is with people like RuPaul, who all of my friends love RuPaul, like his show. <laughs> Everyone seems to think he's the best. Um, not him particularly, but the fact that he has this show that's so that's kind of popularized drag again and made it okay for drag to happen. And the the whole the other thing is that a lot of people, a lot of trans people, have come out of his show, and it has led to some trans visibility and some good things. But at the end of the day, RuPaul doesn't believe that trans people aren't drag queens. And that's really damaging, considering he's such a big face of the LGBT community. And the fact that he has hosted trans women on his show, and he consi- I think he does seem to consider himself to be an ally. Because, but he doesn't, seem to th- he doesn't see the difference between himself and trans people. And I don't know whether that's the fact that he has some trans feelings, or because he just genuinely thinks that trans people are all drag queens. But I've never <laughs> heard that. That's wild well maybe i'm simplifying it but he's he did he released this thing he got in trouble for saying tranny a lot he says tranny says she and stuff on his show um at some point he got a lot of shit for saying tranny and his defense was a picture of himself as a transitioning since day one bitches 
And if he's implying that what he's doing is transitioning, then I guess I just don't understand what transitioning is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, obviously his expression is valid, and if he, he is trans, then good for him. But um, he's a lot different to some like someone who... He, n- not everyone... not Most trans women aren't like RuPaul. Most trans women can't... Don't take off... Don't take off their hair and then make them go back to being treated as a, treated as a cis man. It's just not the same thing. And the fact that he stands by these things, even in the face of like, basically being the face of a lot of trans people for a while, just kind of backing us all up and going, you go, girl, you get out there. But he just doesn't understand. And he's a big face in, in the LGBT community. And he's, his show's done a lot of good. And, you know, drag does a lot of good. And it helps to people who express their gender and a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable with themselves and wouldn't be able, wouldn't feel like they can express themselves without drag. But he is the face, he is the face of drag right now. And he's not as good as he could be. Uh, yeah. I, this he, is the he, thing. This is why I didn't want to go on. Cause it, cause it goes on, but I feel like can, it's necessary to talk about. We can do a whole episode about drag, but yeah. it was, it was relevant to bring up RuPaul at the very minimum because yeah. this is another person who is like, speaking for the trans community almost like that is like they might as well be speaking for the community because when the public at large sees the show they're like that's what trans people are that's yeah. what they're like that's how they speak um yeah this which thing, is even if he yeah even if he doesn't even if he doesn't want to be the voice of trans people he's become sort of voice for trans people because there's so many trans people on his show so many people like who win who come on drag race and then they come out later and then they're forever associated with him. And I, 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 far be it from me to, to, tell, to tell someone like RuPaul what to do. God knows he's got much more power and influence than I do. But yeah. if you're going to, if you can see that association happening, maybe you should educate yourselves a little. Be RLA if you want to. If you, if you don't want to, just tell us straight up to fuck off and we could all stop watching your show. Yeah, it would be much easier that way. But no, people... Uh, he doesn't want to alienate anyone because he still needs something of an audience. Like, well, yeah. he, he can't alienate that entire demo. Yeah. What I suspect is happening with RuPaul is that he means well, but he do- he sort of feels like he's in the gang. And he doesn't understand that he's got the, the privileges that he has as a drag queen as opposed to a trans woman. And that lots of drag queens are gay men who express themselves or bisexual men or straight men and it doesn't necessarily yeah cis men and this doesn't necessarily mean some some people some trans people the drag is all they'll ever do some people won't don't want to transition and that's fine but there's a lot but just because but drag people drag people people. (laughs) that was drag people drag royalty joe keen drag people Yeah, the drag, drag drag queens aren't the same as trans women. There's a difference, and you can be one, you can be the other, you can be both. But there are a portion of the public that associates us one to one with each other, and it's dangerous to keep pushing that because there are needs, there are there are things that trans people need that drag queens don't, and it's important to highlight those things. So I think it's good that you have people like Laverne Cox who obviously like her sort of debut was Orange is the New Black, the Netflix original, which I have not watched. Um, You've not seen it? 
I've not seen it, no. <sighs> and uh, I've actually heard quite recently that it kind of got really torture porny recently, so... Yeah, well, I, th- I think she, technically she didn't start on there. She started on um, work I, on a reality TV show. Um, well, I think yeah. I Want to Work for Diddy, I think it was. Um, but the people who watch reality TV is not the same as, like, the mainstream media. Oh, sure, sure, the sure. The mainstream picked her up with Orange is the New Black. Yeah, I will say, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spoil Orange is the New Black for anyone because it's a great show, but... Her her character isn't doesn't play as big a role as you think from how much visibility she gets from it and how much she's talked about, and especially in the later seasons she's, especially in the last one she's been played down a lot, and I don't know whether it's just her being famous and doing other things like I know she's doing the Rocky Horror remake and stuff like that. Oh God, God help us. Yeah, well, I mean, the Rocky Horror is a whole a whole uh, other thing. A whole other Do we need thing. to do we need to talk about Rocky Horror? Say that for next time. Well, uh, no, we don't need to talk about it. Let's not, <laughs> let's not ruin, let's not ruin something beautiful. Like we start only with one. These, we start with Caitlyn Jenner and we've gone into this spiral of the depression. So I feel like it's only appropriate to bring it up. <laughs> well, I have, I have qualms uh, with the new yeah. one. So anyway, that's, but it's not for here. It's not for here. I have right now with the old one. Oh, I love the old one. I think the old one is Bay. The old one is Bay. The creator's got some problems. Yeah, yeah, obviously there's problems with the creator, but the remake is based on that creation still, so it's like equally yeah. problematic. Oh, sure, sure. If you're going to draw that card. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to watch it, no matter what happens. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I grew yeah. up watching it. But and I love being... musicals. I mean, I'll, give, I'll, I'll watch it if someone pays me to go. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll happily sit through it. Tim Curry's pretty great, so... Yeah, actually, he has a really good performance in that movie. Um, yeah, yeah. So, there are some other uh, narratives being represented, um, some somewhat. Um, and and actually, this is I think the perfect time to segue, because we were talking about like basically. Trans women who have influence at these different levels and, like, let let me just, we'll switch gears really quick to people who are on the news. Like, there's, uh, I mentioned earlier that Laverne Cox goes on the news and she's very active. Um, she's not the only trans woman, actually, who gets pulled up on the news to talk about this stuff. I cannot think of another trans man who has been on the news to discuss trans issues recently. Mm. Um, but there's two recent examples. One is Jillian T. Weiss, who I actually knew about, like, almost a decade ago from when she was a writer on Bellerico, the Bellerico Project. Uh, but she's currently the executive director of the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund, and she was on Fox News on February 24th, God help her. Uh, and Mara Kiesling, who is the executive director of the National Center for Transgender Equality, was on MSNBC uh, with Laverne, also with Laverne Cox on February 23rd. So those are just two really recent examples of there being trans women on the news to talk about us and our issues. And then only slightly below that, because let's just throw out BuzzFeed for an example, even though they've been sort of recently proven to be problematic and I actually don't watch any of their shit anymore. Um, but BuzzFeed is almost actual news, and 
a lot of their videos go super duper viral. And for a little while there, not for like forever, but for a little while there, they were putting out a lot of videos about trans people. And uh, they, they tried to cover trans masculine experiences and trans feminine experiences. And I felt like the representation was really good. They had people come on to talk about like basically their own experiences. So it was giving more like giving trans people a platform to speak from. Uh, the problem with that was that they were not paying any of those people for their time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. but, but they were trying to do an inf- inform- informative whatever, I guess. I was going to say, like, say what you want about BuzzFeed, but they had a lot of trans representation for a long time in a lot of their videos. And I guess part, part of that is just because they always have such like a large ensemble cast, like with the writers and stuff and all the different places. So I guess it's, when you when you're not paying people it's easy to pull that many people in but it it was good for visibility i think they had a lot of um things not to say trans people that sort of thing and those are good i mean they're they're short they're obviously made to be viral they're all basically clickbait but sometimes we can go for that sometimes you're hungover and you're in bed and you want to see something that simple and mindless but and it's not mindless it makes you think and i think that's sort of the trick with those buzzfeed videos yeah um and it was actually another YouTuber, Cat Black, who was the reason that I know that they, that BuzzFeed had these, like, policies where they just, they were, like, outside consultants, so they didn't have to pay them. And, uh, oh, God, what was the other thing about it that was so bad? Um, oh, the, okay, so you, you, you said that they used to have a lot of trans stuff on their channels on YouTube. yes but they got rid of their diversity committee. Oh. Like, the people in charge of making sure that their content was diverse and that the employees at the company were diverse, Mm. just gone. (laughs) So that's part of why their shit is so bad now and, like, clickbaity. Like, even if they weren't problematic, their content has gotten so boring because they've lost a lot of good creators just by being yeah. shit heels. Um, I guess the difference well, is now that that now that um, those videos have been up, if people are interested, they can look for trans YouTubers, and there's a lot of trans YouTubers out there. Yeah, yeah, there are trans YouTubers. Um, so we we can since we've now transitioned there, eh. we can. Eh, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to talk about some of the trans YouTubers that you know of or like to follow? I do. I, I feel like I, I feel like there's almost so much stuff I want to bring up in this in this podcast. That I feel like we're gonna have to circle back around and stuff. But okay. that's cool. Um, before I go straight on to trans YouTubers, I just want to mention there's a couple of um, trans pro, like pro gamers that are actually getting like some visibility out there. I can't remember most of their names, but I think that's a good thing. Um, I'm just briefly mentioning that. There's not, <laughs> not much to say on that. Um, I need to research that because that's my realm. Yeah, there's a cool, uh, there's some, there's a League of Legends player that my friends are talking to me about. There's a Street Fighter player who I've watched a lot of videos of, and I'm killing myself. I can't remember her fucking name. Um, yeah, um, but going into the YouTuber thing, what I sort of wanted to get to is this thing you can do on YouTube that you know don't really see on TV is like sort of transitioning in the public eye and doing like what Caitlyn Jenner couldn't do or refuse to do and sort of show people the journey. And I think that's really important for getting people to understand. I mean, part of why I managed to come out to myself as seeing 
people go through the journey and saying, oh, this looks like me on this end and it looked like this amazing person on the other end. And it's a lot easier to empathize when you can see what people go through and you can see the changes. And it's not just like, um, oh, here's uh, Olympian and here is gorgeous lady on the other end. And they just went in a room and got cut up a bit because that's not what happens. And it's nice to sort of see that. I mean, you get that with a lot of YouTubers. Um, one that's especially I find especially interesting is, um, have you heard of Steam Powered Giraffe? No, I have not. Okay, they're like a... I can't remember the name, the genre they call themselves. They're a steampunk performance act slash band. Um, they play like sort of like rockabilly, sort of like old-timey okay. music, but sort of also pop. I know, it's really good. You should go listen to them. I'm doing them no justice. But um, <laughs> Okay. I don't listen to music a whole lot, but we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, so Rabbit from Steam Powered Giraffe um, transitioned while she was in this band and the character of rabbit also transitioned uh, okay that's funny <laughs> yeah so they so you can see sort of this thing online um their old videos so there's some really good songs in there um all male garb ridiculous robot face paint and as they go through she do- sort of documented her journey and you can really tell the difference and she talks about it very openly and you see it in the performances as well like the way that she performs this on stage changes and it's really interesting, and especially her being so public about it and being in a very well-loved band in a very niche community. Yeah. Um, the steampunk as well as YouTube, I mean, there. And you see this a lot, and I really like that. I really like that happening, and it happens with quite a few people I've been watching. Um, yeah, um, Gigi Gorgeous did it as well. I mean, I'm not a, not a huge watcher of Gigi's videos, but she I've did a lot of that. Gigi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I actually have heard of that band. Uh, someone showed me one video of theirs, and I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. But you yeah. mentioned, like, the paint the paint on their faces and, like, weird steampunk, and I was like, oh, yeah, because the person yeah. also mentioned to me that, 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 that one of the people in the group was trans. I think they were trying to get me to come out to them. Uh... Just, they were trying to field out how I was going to respond. Yeah. No, they're really good. They're worth a watch. Um What, you don't, oh, yeah. Um, you can see us, you can see a bit of, um, you have to do a bit bit of um searching to find this but if you want a uk example and if you want trans guy examples there was a tv show in this country for like ran for one series i think called um my transsexual summer which is kind of i guess the name is kind of problematic these days because transsexuals sort, sort of fallen out of favor but um it basically followed like a group of trans people like um i think it was like they tried to do half trans masculine half trans feminine for like a week in the uk and after that, a couple of them started this YouTube YouTube channel, and um, it's called My Generation. You can go watch it. It's got Lewis and Fox from that TV show, and they've actually done a really good job of getting a lot of a lot of um, trans voices together, especially trans masculine voices, which you don't see much on the internet. And um, they're also like very associated with um, trans pride that happened in Brighton recently, um, which is really good visibility. Pride is an excellent visibility when it's not just gay pride. Um, yeah. yeah, and that sort of so that ha- that happened. Um, yeah. Um, if I just I, I don't know if I just want to go down the list of people I'm subscribed to because it doesn't really make it very interesting. But um, well, yeah, well, we're talking about visibility. So yeah. why don't uh, well let's do a comparison first. Like I think that that would be really interesting because um, I would say that while on the bigger the bigger celebrity end of the media things, like there's almost no 
representation for trans men. But my experience on YouTube has been that there are, like, a lot more YouTubers uh, who are moderately successful, like, who can base part of their income on their YouTubing. Uh, Like, most of them are trans men. So I think it would be interesting to see if you know more trans women and or or like if there is a disparity there or if it just has to do with our own insular communities i suspect that i do <laughs> the, the bias in searching them out like even okay. outside of youtube like i didn't you were talking about things people on the news earlier and i forgot to mention paris lees who's done a few youtube videos um she's basically my trans hero at this point i mean she came she is um, from the same city i was born in she's from nottingham um, she transitioned a while ago and she's been on Newsnight a few times, which is a major news program in the UK. She's spoken out f- for trans people. She's a trans activist and she's also been an activist for another thing. She's a writer for a bunch of different newspapers. She's fucking great. And um, cool. she's talked openly about like her transition and some parts of her sex life and things like that, which I find really, really interesting. I think other people, other people find them interesting too. Mm-hmm. And um, so like even just that, like just finding that voice um, on YouTube, it's only really like Lewis and Fox. I was talking about from my generation that I really watched on the transmasculine side. There's a couple okay. of trans people I don't watch because they're problematic for several reasons. Um, oh, we should talk about those because I might not know. I might not know those. I've I've made a point to forget their names. So okay, <laughs> okay never mind then. I'd, I'm sorry. I'm going to be very informative. If we want, I can come up with a list. But um, that's okay. Yeah. So. Generally, I watch um, Julie Vu or Princess Jules. I don't know if you heard of her. Nope. So she's a Canadian Vietnamese of um, Vietnamese descent and trans woman. She's she's transitioned on her channel. She started off her first couple of videos were as it were like how to do makeup as a gay man and stuff like that. And she very quickly sort of came out on YouTube and she's documented like her um, breast breast augmentation and sex reassignment surgery and stuff on there which is really helpful for a lot of people. She talks very openly about a lot of the stuff she's going through. Um, Maya, who's more recent, she's um, she's she's quite early. I think she's, she's not been doing it as long as Julie View has, but she's pretty cool. Um, Carol Ann, I can't remember her actual, the girl's name. It's, Car- it's Carolina something, and I'm I'm terrible with names. <laughs> but she's, she's sort of similar to Julie View in that she's sort of talked about her surgeries and dating as a trans woman and all this stuff online. Um... Girl for All Seasons, as I talk about, and um, Evie Andrew, who's been in a few of her videos, is pretty cool too. She's British, and there's not a lot of British trans people on YouTube, or I guess not that many British people on YouTube in comparison to American people on there, just because there are so many yeah. more of you. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she's cool, and she's talked about like doing like doing like especially something that fight that um, our British listeners might find interesting is like voice training for British trans women because all the voice training tutorials you can find online are for Americans. Um, and she's gone through her surgery and stuff. She went um, about her facial surgery and her sexual assignment surgery and just her life post-transition and sort of documented her what she's been going through, and it's pretty cool. She is part of my generation now, I think, as uh, what I was talking about earlier. You should all subscribe to that because it's fucking great. Um, and it's got really good representation. Um, I'll leave the ones that we both that we I know I'm pretty sure we both subscribe to. Um, Claire Michelle is a musician. Uh, she's a really good singer, and she's also trans, and she talks about that. Uh, <laughs> and one that I wanted to bring up, even though I haven't watched it for a long time, and it might be problematic for all I know because I haven't seen it for so long, was this series called Ask a Transsexual, 
which features this trans girl from Sweden who's uh, basically a, a porn act. She's, she does um, homemade porn and she has, answers questions about um, being trans. And that was the series that actually made, that actually really sort of pushed me towards realizing that I was trans. I was watching that like every spare moment I got. Um, you know, sometimes <laughs> you go fall down a YouTube hole and you don't get out of it. That was one of those for me. Yeah. And that was, and if I hadn't gotten really into those videos and sort of fascinated by the, oh, like, and fascinated with her journey and sort of thought, oh, what if I could do that? I would never have looked for trans timelines and found out that it was, that I was that. Um, so yeah, even the, even the ones that aren't like, especially in like informative and sort of fun and yeah, uh, they're still, they can still do a lot of good. And I think that's good. And there's like, and we can get visibility from other things like, like uh, Lacey Green's had a few trans people on her show, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. I quite like Lacey. And BuzzFeed, we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, not YouTube, but the Wachowskis have started being a bit more visible recently. The directors yeah. of The Matrix. Um, they've been really good for a lot of people as sort of like just this bastion in the in nerd culture. Um, obviously, um, Lily Wachowski was outed basically by the Daily Mail which is not the best situation in the world. But um, Lana's been out for a while, and I think they sort of give a lot of hope to trans people, given that this is in the public eye and they haven't been put down for it. Oh, 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 oh. Um, on terms of video game side, um, Laura Dale. Have you heard of her? No. Okay, she does a bunch of Let's Plays, and she runs letsplayvideogames.com. She used to be the, um, she used to be the UK editor for Destructoid, and she does um, a podcast with um, Jim Sterling of the Jimquisition. Um, okay. She's she's fairly out and fairly honest with what she's going through. She's a British trans woman. She's um, basically part of the games media, and she's really cool. And I just wanted to mention her in the end. Um, before I talk about, yeah, um, Riley J. Dennis, we've both, I think we're both subscribed to her, right? Yes. Uh, yes. She, to, to point out, though, is a non-binary trans woman. Mm-hmm. So not like yeah. straight up a trans woman. This is, we're like one fucking non-binary person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that tends to happen. There's, I think there's a couple of my of non-binary people on my generation, but um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she's great. Um, she's not been doing it for very long, so there's not a whole lot of content out there. But it's all pretty good. And, Riley, uh, oh yeah, she's been at it for a while. I mean, like a year at least, and all of her content is very like compacted. Um, she gets a lot of negative attention for some reason, though. Yeah, I was amazed by how many downvotes there were. Like, just in general. Like, most trans people, like, you get a couple, but nowhere near that proportion. It's like And the it's response like, videos are nasty. Yeah, it's like Anita Sarkeesian levels of re- reactions. Yeah, yeah. It's really nasty. Anyway, yeah. And uh, last, lastly, I'll just say Zinnia Jones, who has been a past colleague of yours, uh, I believe... Um, well, actually, we're still colleagues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I wouldn't want to imply Jones. that it stopped, but like you have been known, you've yeah. been associated with her. So, for full um, full disclosure, um, there is a slight um, bias here, I suppose. But um, eh, no, she, she, she's great. Professional overlap. Yeah, yeah. No, she's good. Um, her gender analysis series is really helpful if you're if you're just starting or you need to knock some misconceptions down. And she's been pretty open with everything she's been doing too. And yeah, oh, that's yeah. basically everyone I've subscribed to on, the, on the, YouTube. The, that's all the trans? That's all the yeah, transes? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I did do a quick skim. 
Okay, I actually don't have, like, a list open right now. I was just like, I can just think of them off the top of my head. I really wish that YouTube had a thing where you could, like, organize your subscriptions by topic. Mm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, I just clicked subscriptions. Save me. <laughs> I just clicked some of my subscriptions and just glanced down to see which ones were trans. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. I've wanted that level of organization for a while. Anyway, um, so the trans women who I follow... Uh, Obviously, I already mentioned uh, Riley J. Dennis and uh, Zinnia. And uh, Zinnia's channel is just called Zinnia Jones, but the main, like, basically the only series that she does on there anymore is uh, her gender analysis series, which is very, very intensive, like, scientifically. Yeah. academic, almost. Yeah, very academic. Um, I also follow Steph Sanyati. Yeah, I've watched a couple is... of her videos. I just haven't subscribed oh. She's lovely. She's amazing. She's a Canadian trans woman who just started hormones like a little over a year ago and just got uh, FFS like in December. Like she is so gorgeous and so funny and so smart. And uh, she makes videos about all kinds of different stuff. Um, and so I love her to pieces. Um, I also follow Cat Black, who is a lot bigger and I don't watch her as actively as I used to, but she talks about a whole range of issues because she doesn't just focus on being trans anymore. She's, like, almost what you would call post-transition in that, like, transitioning is not part of her life anymore. Yeah. She's beyond that. Oh, I have seen her videos. Cat Black? Sorry, I just Googled her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's pretty great. Um, yeah. So as far as, like, trans-feminine people go... I'm pretty sure those are the only ones I follow. Mm. I might be wrong about that, but I hope not. However, uh, actually, my friend Max uh, also has a channel, and she is a trans woman, a non-binary trans woman. And yeah, okay, so basically, I, I know a shit ton of trans men on here, like, the popular ones that people will recognize are Chase Ross, uh, who is Canadian. Weird. Uh, how Weird how many of these people are fucking Canadian, I just realized. <laughs> so there's Chase Ross, uh, Ty Turner, who is from, like, Arkansas or something like that. Uh, Jesus. Alex Birdie, who is uh, from the UK. Jamie Rains, who's from the UK. Um, Skylar Kurgel who's from, like, Boston in the United States. Like, those are... Th I'm, like, just rattling these off the top of my head because these yeah. are the channels that I watch all the time. They also, there's also a group channel that Chase, like, helped start that's called uh, FTM Transtastic, which is... It's basically kind of like what you were talking about, but it's, like, this... It's just a YouTube channel with a bunch of trans-masculine people, like, who... Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, like, pick one topic for the week, and like, each person will have their take on that topic. Yeah, there was a trans woman one going around for a while as well, but I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. It's similar to that. Are those the only ones? I, I, could I could swear that I'm forgetting an important one. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on with my life. No, so we'll, we'll carry on the grand, the grand tradition of trans male invisibility. It's fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but basically the point is that, like, there is a decent number of trans men. Like, all of most, a lot of those channels that I mentioned have 
tens of thousands of subscribers, if not hundreds of thousands of subscribers, so they're not, like, doing bad. No. I don't know how, like, and these are all people, like, to varying degrees, they just do the same basic thing, well, like, one of them will focus on music, one of them focuses on, like, actual sociology or whatnot, Um, but they all are, like, documenting my transition and then, like, what are just some random things that I think about gender and... Uh, whatever, I don't know, I had this conversation with someone about gender and I found it really interesting, like, just sharing experiences and, like, uh, I'm hashtag uh, selfless plug. Um, I do YouTube also like that. Uh, so, like, basically it's the, the same thing where you just, you share your transition with people, you tell people what's happening to you so that other people know what to look for what to expect, and just generally you want to provide, like, a safe place for them. That's what it's really all about. Yeah. Now I wish I had a YouTube channel to plug, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell anybody what it was called, so. Oh. Uh, well, they like can search. Useless, shameless They can search plug. for Lux YouTube and just keep searching. <laughs> just keep yeah. going down. <laughs> They'll find it eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, like, as we're seeing, like, here, there are there are a fair few like trans trans male voices on like YouTube, and I do think that's that's really good because there is a, I do feel YouTube is a really really good format for helping visibility and helping get messages and watch what trans people are and just helping people understand, especially other trans people that sort of need to know and they're not going to learn how to transition or what it's like for a trans person by watching, say, Laverne Cox, unfortunately. Um. I, I do wonder why this really hasn't translated upwards, sort of through into sort of through the Wachowskis and the Paris Lees and up through uh, the Caitlyn genocide. And I'm sort of genocide. Oh, um, oh funny. God. <laughs> Phrasing. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but like, do you have any, do you have any like, like theories as to why we don't see so many men at that sort of A-list? trans space whereas there is there's actually like a fair amount of representation in sort of the grassroots end well i've wondered if it's partially because um and and i hate to say this um partially because like i hate to make generalizations and say it. and i don't want to upset anyone but i okay, think this that transition do what <laughs> this is getting dangerous okay it's no, fine. Say it. Hashtag, say it. hashtag pop problematic opinions. Transition <laughs> is a lot easier for people who are assigned female at birth than people who are assigned male at birth. And by that, I mean that testosterone, testosterone is a hell of a drug, okay? That's all I'm saying. So it's a lot easier when a person is female. And even if they go through, like, I'm just going to say, like, if they were assigned female at birth and they went through the puberty that would naturally occur to them like I did. I went through, I finished puberty completely before I started puberty 2.0. Don't recommend doing that, but that's how it happened. Me too, Um, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, Jesus, I had a thought train. I was on it, and now I'm off it. No. Testosterone, uh, it's a hell of a drug. Transition is easier. Okay, Okay, so it's a lot easier for me to go stealth than it is for your average trans woman. Even, like, I'm non-binary, and I have the option of not being openly non-binary. I have the option of stealthing as a man, like, at least 80% of the time right now. Mm. 
it's not as easy for trans women to do. So I have this like sort of theory that most trans men, even if there's like, like there might be just like a crazy high number of trans men that we just don't have, we just don't know about because once they pass, like once they get their beards, they just, (laughs) they're just like, yeah, they just hide, they slip (laughs) away. They go, but which is, is terrible. It sucks. And I've actually talked to my friend Benny about this, who is a trans man. And it's awful because not only do we become invisible as trans people and assumed to be cis, but we are then assumed to be like all of the, all of the bad things that you associate with like cis men or like cis white men in my particular case like or they'll assume that I'm straight if I'm not like or if I'm performing masculinity too well you know what I mean Mm. um so there's all these assumptions that come with it where I find myself like having to out myself in order to be taken seriously um Mm. but I think that most trans men would just opt out of the conversation rather than out themselves as like no I'm trans I've had this experience I actually understand your position like way better than you think I do. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I really don't know why. I, I It might just be, I, I really don't know why it is exactly like on, on a low like level. I get that. That makes sense. But then like, we also don't have any celebrity transitions for the most part. Yeah. Chaz Bono. That's the only person who was already famous and, even then was only famous because famous parents yeah. who transitioned in the public eye. I just don't know. Yeah. I think that's the, the pull of, st- I agree that the pull of stealth is strong and I guess it's extremely tempting. Um, I suspect a lot of, a lot of trans women sort of do that as well, but yeah. Um, it's possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, I say like, I, it's, it's a danger, it is a dangerous topic to go into because there has been a huge backlash. I do think it's, it is a mistake to say that, all trans men have it easier than all trans women because that's just not true. Um, yeah. Certainly, certainly, testosterone is is a hell of a drug, and with a beard on, you're very unlikely to be called a woman. Um, I feel like it's really difficult for me to sort of add my two cents to that because, as a trans woman, it feels does sort of feel like I'm. I can't say anything towards it because I don't have that experience, and it's. I feel you. I feel. I feel you. Yeah. Sorry. I, I. As someone who's gone through, who's gone through like phases of being androgynous and then sort of passing more now, even though I don't pass a hundred percent. Um, I get it, and it is hard, and some um, um, transmasculine people do find it really difficult, and it's a case by case basis. And that's just sort of wanted to want to put out there before someone gets really angry. Is it is case by case, but yeah, for of a course. lot of yeah, but for a lot of trans women, it takes a lot longer than for a lot of trans men. Yeah, like I would say, by and large, in terms of like what just just hormones do to your body, like for trans women, if if a trans woman wants to attain like all of the physical characteristics of a cis woman, that is a lot more difficult than for your average trans man who wants to have, like, all of the... Except for the bottom surgery part, like, the just Mm -hmm. hormones part, it makes a drastic difference for trans masculine people. 
Whereas yeah. there is like voice training and fucking makeup you have to learn to use or you don't have to you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah Any, whatever point but being yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but like i do think like i think that sort of plays into another part of the problem with lack of visibility for trans men is that a lot of people seem to dismiss especially um bottom surgery for trans men as sort of being crap and something you don't want to get because they just haven't heard about it and some rando on the street told them that it was bad and i've heard this a few ways like people say like oh trans men don't get bottom surgery because it's a bit, a bit it's a bit naff that's not that's not true lots of trans men do get the bottom surgery and are very satisfied with their bodies yeah it's uh it's just it's touchy it's touchy because the limited number of surgeons the different varieties of ways in which people do the surgeries and what each person wants out of their results and like it's a surgery, so there's surgical complications are always a possibility. Like, there's so many variables. Um, and we talked about this in a previous episode, I think. Uh, like, there's certain places that have just, like, perfected their vaginoplasties to the point where you, you're in the hospital for, like, a day, and then you go stay in a hotel for a week, and then you go home. Like I would say that a, if, I, if someone promises that you'll be okay in a day, I would not trust that session. <laughs> Well, you, you understand, though, like, it's a lot more streamlined uh, rather than, like, there's, like, four-step surgeries that are needed for fallow, yeah, whereas it, there are places where you can get one surgery. It is it is for, a it is a fact that much more trans women get, get bottom surgery than trans men. That's, like, indisputable. Yeah. There's, that's on the record. Um, and so there's a lot more chances for there to be more, tran, more trans... Um, more vaginoplasty surgeons than, say, phalloplasty and metoidoplasty surgeons. Yes. I, I find it hard to say, especially because because you can't have two of the, like, two of the surgeries on you. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, I can't really honestly try to compare in that way and say, like, oh, these are more refined. Um, it is different, though. They are different and they're difficult and they're all unique in their own way. And they sort of make up for... Um, the anatomy you were born with in different ways and some people might be satisfied with that and some people might not but it's kind of, it is hurtful to some people who have had those surgeries to say oh well the trans men surgery, masculine surgeries aren't there yet for some people they are there yet <laughs> yeah like like i said p- different people have different expectations for their results so you know if all you wanted was something there then all you needed to do was have them put something there. Or if you want it to be able to pee and do all the other things, the sex stuff, you can get that too. Yeah. It's just expensive and tends to involve a lot of downtime and multiple surgeries. And I don't know, it's just obnoxious. It's like, it's like I feel like that is the one thing that is more expensive or more difficult about transitioning as a transmasculine person like, everything else about it is, like, super easy. Even healing from top surgery is super easy for most people. For most people. For most people. <laughs> Whereas, like, I feel like most of the things for trans women are just, like, exceedingly more difficult. Mm. I don't it, know. I yeah, just... it's, it's true that, like, the, the bottom surgery for trans men is ridiculously expensive. And as a multi-stage surgery, the recovery time is bad. And you will you will lose some hours of work. And that's very difficult to work out. Um, Not to mention, like, permanently lose sensation or whatever, but... 
Yeah, well, that's a risk in any surgery, unfortunately. <laughs> so going yeah. through it. Um, True. I think this is sort of leading on to another thing I wanted to talk about, which is sort of how backlash towards trans people has sort of fueled visibility, especially in the last few years with these bathroom bills coming out. Um, so many people that I guess were kind of indifferent to them to us before. Once trans rights are presented as a civil rights issue, I think some people start to understand. Yeah, I, I think it can go both ways. I actually had concerns after Caitlyn Jenner came out that that it was going to maybe increase the amount of violence committed against us because people mm. were so incensed and so outraged and it was so large scale that I thought, like, it was going to draw the wrong kind of visibility, especially because, like, Caitlyn Jenner herself is a problematic person, has been for years, continues to say ridiculous things, you know. Yeah. So I actually was more worried about it incensing people to be more hostile towards us than than hopeful that it would show more people that we exist and they should look into us or whatever. Yeah. I know. I do feel like, in, especially in America, it's sort of become this, like, rallying point for the left now that Donald Trump's sort of taken his swing at it. Um, especially with, like, in the, in the last couple, the last year of the Obama and uh, the Obama uh, administration, there are a couple of nice things done for trans people. And with the GOP sort of pushing for, um, t- for um, the trans bathroom laws and sort of basically punishing people, trying to work out a way to get us, to discriminate against us, to pull in more right-wing voters it's sort of become a political issue which is has its good sides and its bad sides it gets people talking about us but it also encourages like half of american voters to turn against us for no other reason than their party um is against us and some people are one issue voters and they sort of have to vote with that and if you're say anti-abortion which a lot of some some one issue voters are that's what they vote with they vote on abortion laws and they're going to vote for this part, this party that has anti-trans, anti-transgender policies, and then people are going to, and then the politicians might see that and think, oh, they really like those policies. Let's go make that worse. It's not as much of an issue in the UK in that sense because no one's pushing for anti-trans bathroom laws. Really, um, LGBT people are, as a whole, treated nicer over here. I, I think. And the laws are still a bit backwards, but there's not... We don't have the same sort of um, right-left divide on social issues that exists in the US. Um, the Conservatives pushed through gay marriage recently. Um, it sort of got to the point where the only people that are really, bash- really bashing us are the far-right. And the far-right are making a r- are on the rise, but they're not there yet. Um, so we might see that later. But I, I, I have seen... Especially in the wake of Trump making his comments about trans people, a lot more people saying like, "Oh, I stand with trans rights," and talking about trans people like there's something like we're something worth fighting for, like our rights are worth going for, and like we're people. Whereas before, like maybe if some people like might thought, "Oh, these guys," I don't really think about them that much, and I don't know if that's again. I think I've mentioned this in like the first episode, just my sort of growing optimism. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I think there's two sides to that coin. Where you have like, goodness, it's, it's, it's like a good thing that there's more conversation being drummed up around us. 
Um, the thing is, okay, I'm having a difficult time articulating this. The problem is, okay, basically, it used to be gay marriage. Gay marriage used to be the crux issue, the main dividing line that people campaigned with on both sides. Their campaigns rode on whether or not they supported gay marriage. There was a brief period of time where that was true in the United States. Like, that's just how it was. That's done now. They've accepted that they've lost. They're moving on to something else. So the next thing is, like, this subset of this group, which, I mean, and I say that thinking, like, thinking from their perspective, like, Mm. oh, well, this one group, okay, fine, like, they've got the right to get married, but, like, oh, there's this other contentious issue that we could, we could fucking blow up about for no reason with trans people. So I, I do agree that it's a good thing that it shows that there are people who want to support us. Like when people come up with these like bad legislation or when people wear their little buttons that say, uh, I'll go to the bathroom with you, all that, it's very nice. But at the same time, like, like I said, it's like, it's, there's two sides of this coin. You've got our lives and our ability to exist in the public space. Like our lives are the thing that are your polarizing issue. Like it's even more so than gay marriage because even you could still live with whoever you fucking wanted to. This has to do with public accommodations and children specifically being able to be in school and being able to use the right bathroom in schools like it's not yes on the one hand it's good that it shows that people are supporting us but on the other hand like god there's a quote from a show or something that's like oh it's from the incredibles uh the next time you take a gamble bet someone else's life yeah that's kind of how i feel about it Uh. um Like, maybe you should take someone else's lived experience and make that your crux issue instead of, like, debating whether or not uh, I exist, basically. Yeah. Like, I mean, ultimately, that's that's how I feel ultimately about any argument about trans people. Like, is a trans woman allowed to use the bathroom if she just figured out that she's trans yesterday and still looks like a man? Like, it's reductionist. It's ridiculous. And it, like it's uh, I don't know it's reducing us to our parts it's just, it's just all everything is bad about it everything about it's bad yeah yeah I know I wasn't meaning to say like it's good that we're being that people are making laws against us um, <laughs> no I know it's a rallying cry and I see that I understand that that's your point yeah yeah I mean yeah it's crap and there's certainly like there's been a lot of um, talk that wasn't there before about trans kids and now this seems to be this new target like oh trans kids shouldn't be allowed to transition it's like they don't transition. Like, that's not what we do yeah. for trans kids. We put them with puberty blockers once they start puberty, if we have to. But when no one's putting, no one's making a five-year-old have bottom surgery. And the fact that there's a lot of people that think that just blows my mind. That you can't even be bothered to do a fucking Google search and you're a big politician. Like, who, right. the, who the fuck is your advisor? What? Trigger warning. Trigger warning really quick about <laughs> gun violence. Gun violence in the United States, okay? Yeah. These people are more outraged publicly and more concerned publicly about the idea of trans of young trans people existing or young uh, cis kids being exposed to the idea of trans people existing they are more concerned with that than they are with toddlers who accidentally shoot themselves or others 
and that's happened, like, at least a dozen times in the last two years in the United States. Like, that's ridiculous. There should be outrage over that, and there isn't. Like, what the fuck, guys? You can't take away toddlers' guns. That's just the law. It's the, it's the right... Know. It's the right of all every American to shoot yourself in the face as a three-year-old. Every five-year-old has the right to bear arms to protect <laughs> themselves from a fascist government. <laughs> I have to say, I, I like. I guess I should like clarify this for Americans because I think in this country, I don't know. I've heard. I've heard, I've heard a lot of. I listen to a lot of Americans talking on social media and on podcasts and stuff, and they all seem to think that. Uh, no matter how liberal they are, they all have feelings about gun violence, about gun ownership, and most of them seem to think that gun ownership is like a must and it's really good. Most people are like, wait, we haven't had guns for ages in this country, and we're fucking fine? Like, I don't know yeah. what you think we need to do. I mean, our crime rates are lower than yours. Sorry, it's true. I mean, you might find some fake fake statistics to back up your point, but it's, they're, not, they're not the real ones. I've seen them. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a Donald Trump thing to say, but it's only because yeah. I didn't better prepared in advance. But a lot of people in this country find the fact that gun, that gun ownership is still so prized over there after fucking Orlando to be outlandish. And yeah. the fact that, tran- that, 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 tra- that trans people have been thrown under the bus and there's all this stuff about voter fraud, which is made up to get black people out of the polling stations. That's all, all that shit's oh, happening. Oh, and Hispanic people. Yeah. Latina people. Yeah. And you know, all this shit is happening and that's a real issue. But... How many fucking people die have to die for you to realize that guns aren't that great? Maybe, I mean, Orlando was huge. People don't they don't care. They don't know if they don't care because it's gay people, because they were because they were not white, or because it, they just don't want to admit that they might have a problem, and they're going to have to like, stop getting funded by the NRA. I might have to cut this bit out because it's turning very political. But That's okay. Um, it's okay. No. The, yeah. What I was going to say is that unisex bathrooms are a really good idea. <laughs> okay. I, don't know, I don't know how long ago I was going to make that point, but it was going to happen. I just wanted to throw out there really quick before we move on from this topic that <laughs> the debate about whether we needed more strict gun laws in this country ended after Sandy Hook. Yeah. There is no more debate to be had when we decided that it's okay for children to get shot in their own school. Yeah. Like, I, it, if we did nothing in the aftermath of that, there is nothing. I, I said this in my video about the shooting in Orlando. Like, if, like, I can't believe that they're not going to change anything after this. A whole bunch of gay people just got shot. Like, how could I say that when I said the same thing about, like, 26 children getting killed? Like, yeah. there's no way they're going to not do anything. Like, yeah, if they didn't care enough to change anything after the children were murdered, do you really think they're, they're going to fucking change anything after all of the queer people get killed? Like, no. That's a really, really good point. See, now yeah. I want to keep this bit in. <laughs> good. I mean, yeah. I feel like we're divisive enough. Is <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the editor. You get to decide how divisive the podcast is. I have been known for being opinionated on the internet, and I think you know this, so I think... <laughs> I mean, so have I. Yeah. Okay. I go. even get shit for it now. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be prepared. I'll get um, leave an iTunes review if this is on iTunes by the time you hear this. Yes. <laughs> make it five stars before you do anything. Put it five stars and then tell us that we're idiots. I, I don't care what you say. Just put the five stars on. Right. Yes, Recommend exactly. us to your friends. Tell us we're cunts. It's great. Um, uh, 
Also, that you were going to bring up unisex bathrooms. Yes, yes, I was. I thought you were going to make it mention the, the fact that I said cunt there, but that's fine. Uh, oh no, actually, actually, it's uh, if we're going to be on that. Uh, when I bookmarked the Tumblr page that has all of the things that are wrong with Buck Angel, I I retitled the bookmark Buck Angel is a cunt. <laughs> good. All right, we're on the same page. This is good. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't need to talk about. It. I just like unisex bathrooms. That's just what I was saying. They're very good. Nay, I like them too. Yeah, they're, they're very private. Yeah, it's good. And you can stand yeah. up to pee, and no one judges you if you're wearing a dress. It's really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I might leave that bit. We'll see. I'll just. I'm just gonna yeah, no. It's gonna be a complete oh, fucking that, mess. Um, that would be the part you put after the end of the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So. Bringing things back a little. Um, we are moving forward. As much as we have been a bit doom and gloom at some points of this this podcast, we have we are moving forward in a lot of ways, and some people are taking our side. Um, if anyone hasn't seen the Louis Theroux documentary on transgender kids, that's worth a watch. Um, Louis Theroux, if you don't know, is a sort of investigative journalist in this, um, a British guy. He did a couple of documentaries on the Westboro Baptist Church that got very that blew up very large, very large. Very bigly. And, very um, bigly. Yeah, very bigly. Um, he's very well respected. He's an excellent interviewer. Um, and that's, I think, the, when he made that documentary, that was sort of the point where I looked and said, things are getting better. Because it's easy to think when we're in this bit, like, you know, gay marriage got legalized, and then suddenly we're the target, and then we're the ones that people are after. And I guess that they all need, everyone needs a scapegoat for some reason. But, the things are on, things can be on the up and up, and I and the only reason I believe that is because there are more and more voices coming out and taking our side. When um, North Carolina ran that um, those bathroom laws, HP two, I think it was called, and um, a load of businesses pulled out of of uh, pulled out of there in protest, and the same things have been threatened if Texas goes through with that. Um, even if people are doing it for purely, purely for profit reasons, and they just don't want to lose a section of their audience that's uh, of their market that is friendly to trans people and would be outraged at, the, at these laws, it's a step forward. And even a selfish step forward is a step forward. Yeah. And, and uh, I've been following Philip DeFranco for a little while now, and... He's one of many people who is a huge proponent of, like, in situations like this, if you can hit them in their wallet, hit them in their wallet. Like like you were saying, there are there have been musicians who have canceled uh, tour dates that are in, like, places like North Carolina. So that's business that, they're, that the city, that the state is losing out on. That's, like, it's a stimulation to the economy that would normally occur and you have a bunch of people out drinking on a Thursday night when they normally wouldn't be, but all of a sudden you're missing that venue, you're missing that event, so, like, the it doesn't cause a surge in the economy in the way that, like, is the reason that people, or that states want events like that happening. That's why they want tourists uh, and things like that, because it stimulates the economy. So, yeah, the one thing you can do, if you have the ability, is to small businesses big businesses entire states full of people like if if you can deny them your dollar you're you're cutting out their power little by little absolutely i mean 
as far as like some of us more, more like left leaning people might regret the fact that the world does run on money in our in the West. It it does, and it's like you know like wars are wars are fought over resources. You know, um, everything's affected by money. If you if pe- people do a bunch of crazy shit just to make a profit. If you can yeah, make, see. Yeah, if you can... If, oh, see, you can get to go if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, I was going to say see the recent thing with PewDiePie because that basically involved, like, people doing, like, crazy shit for money. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I haven't followed up on that, so... <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. No. <laughs> but, yeah, um, if you can make someone be nice for, to get them a profit, I can only see that as a good thing. Um, even selfish people can be made to care if it benefits them and i think that's that's pretty that's pretty well i was gonna say that's pretty cool it's not cool to be selfish but it's cool that selfish people can be nice um yeah i think that's probably okay. gonna uh, yeah unless you have anything else to say well i i i figured let's wrap it up with what are some ways we w- that we think that we or people around us both trans and cis like how can we encourage visibility of trans people specifically and like non-binary people and stuff like that yeah i i think one thing that is quite difficult for some people and i wouldn't recommend it for everyone is to stand up for trans people especially if you are a trans person and in if you especially if you're leaning towards being stealth and you pass very well it's it's easy and tempting to stand back when people are saying shit and the best thing you can do is for a lot of people, as, as in this, this is the same with gay people as well, and we're going to do when you're talking to racists, be out there and say, I don't agree with that, or I'm trans. You know, that's one of the best things you can do is just... If if you can be safe about it, the, the yeah. most chill thing to do, in my opinion, is to just be like, man, that's not cool. Or if they were trying to make a joke, just be like, that was not funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, or do the thing where they you have to force them to explain the joke and why it's funny. That's yeah. a classic... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I, and that was what I was going to move into is it's a very difficult thing to do, and I think a lot of us and I I struggle with doing stuff like that. I mean, both sweeping up and being sort of because I'm a fucking outspoken person anyway. I don't, I don't give a shit half the time. I'll just say whatever comes to my head and it gets me a lot of trouble. But at the same time, if you know you're saying something that could get you into shit, it's a lot harder to push your brain to do that. But if you feel safe and feel like you can do that, it does go a long way to help, and you might change someone's mind. You might not, but you might. Um, another thing that is another sort of controversial thing is to perhaps consider not, if you are transitioning and you are starting to pass really well, not going completely stealth. And that's another thing where safety is the biggest concern. But the, a lot of the reason why trans people sort of have this reputation we do, and a lot of reason why people still think of trans people as drag queens and things like that is because it's so tempting to be stealth and it's and so the only people that are left sort of standing are the people that aren't passable and aren't and aren't choosing to do that. And I think the more people we have just standing up there and being normal and having a regular job and having a regular life and just happening to be trans, I think that's that's pretty cool. And I think day to day that's good. I think what we kind of need more is that in the media, just having like sort of characters and fiction that are um, just happen to be trans and are just a flesh out person. But obviously you can't do that unless you're a writer. Yeah. 
normalizing transness, basically. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's, 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 Without it's, stepping into respectability politics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think I feel like a lot of people, they, they it's, it's easy to other to other a group of people if you don't know them. And if you think you don't know anyone, anyone in that group, you might. And it's easy to come up with ideas in your head, whether consciously or not, about what people are. And if if you see if and if you get to the point where like where you're one person where you meet a gay person or a trans person, a lot of people suddenly like they're they're like, oh, and even if they're even if they're like super, they're still super bigoted. They're like, oh, gay people are all terrible except for my friend Jeff, and it's <laughs> and that's sort of the first step towards normalizing people is to get. Is to be vis- be as vi- as I don't say as visible as you can. That's not the right word at all. But like, be don't be invisible. Is what is how I put it. Don't don't um, hide yourself away if you can help it. Be who you are, yeah. and don't be ashamed. I totally agree. That is super good advice. Thank you. Uh, I will add to that some of the ways that I think. Uh, like that, those are all good for trans people. Uh, for cis people, I want to just say, like, probably one of the best things you can do is, uh, again, like, it's more important for you as a cis person to stand up when somebody makes a transphobic joke than it is for the trans person there because, like, you're not dealing with the trauma of being the butt of the joke. So, like, it's you're kind of obligated in a certain moral way, I think to be the person who stands up and says that's not right. Or if you're a guy and you hear a sexist joke against women, the same sort of thing. Like, I do that now that I have male passing privilege. Sometimes I'll call out sexist jokes against women, and I'm like, dude, that's not funny. Or I'm like, stop it. Um, So that's one thing that's important for cis people is to stand up for us. uh, Petition on our behalf to your uh, representatives. Tell them how unhappy you are with the bathroom stuff or the fact that it's being left up to local municipalities instead of, like, being a federal uh, protected status class, like, under Title IX, the way that it's actually been defined by lower courts. Um, and uh, uh, generally just be just be cool. Uplift the voices of trans people. And also trans people can do this very same thing as well. Uplist, uplift the voices of your fellow trans people. Like, if you know a trans woman of color who has just started Twitch streaming, uh, support the work that she's trying to do because you can make money doing that. And like, she needs your support in order to get a following on Twitch in order to make that be a stream of income. Like there are YouTube channels and a lot of them have a Patreon. Hello. I have a Patreon. Like it's, you know, we educate people. It's our job we do it specifically to make the world a better place so that you don't necessarily have to have those conversations every single day of your life with all of these cis people. So, like, if you think that somebody is doing good work for the community, support that person or that group as much as you can, like, by watching their content or by sharing their content or if you can contribute to their Patreon, like, do that. Cis people, contribute to the Patreons and other crowdfunding things of marginalized people in general. If you have money... Do that thing. <sighs> I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, subscribe to Lux, Lux's Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just at the it's, end. <laughs> it's glorious. It's literally www.patreon.com slash Luxander. Oh, so elegant. It's perfect. Yeah. It's oh, it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I think that's going to that's gonna do it for this one. 
So um, thank you for listening. Um, have a great day. Have a great life. Try not to die. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> With the light on your-